thank you so much for this, your presence in this place. We, we are just filled with joy and we are filled with expectancy of what you're going to do, Lord God. I pray that every heart be prepared to hear the engrafted word of God. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name that you will grant us revelation and wisdom to know you more. Open our eyes that we'll behold wondrous things from your word in the name of Jesus Christ. Open our ears to hear, Father God, the voice of the Spirit today. Soften our hearts to be receptive to your word in the name of Jesus. I pray for a special anointing to preach your word. Father God, let me hit the spot. Let me speak forth directly. Let me speak the oracles of God today, Father, in Jesus' name. That every heart, every ear that hears the sound of my voice will be stirred by the Spirit of God. And we will be aligned to your will and your purpose. And let them know that you, God, are in full control of their lives. In Jesus' mighty name, and God's beloved together said, Amen. You know what? On Wednesday, I was sure of the sermon I was going to preach today. And in fact, I told Pastor Bob to do some arrangements concerning communion. I believed I wanted to talk about um, the Lord's table. And, and that's the truth. And I am going to talk about it because I have some, I just feel that God wants to give us even greater revelation on his, the Lord's Supper, the, the blessing of the Lord's Supper. So I felt that it's something I had to preach again in, in, this, in this house. But on Wednesday evening, when I came for the prayer meeting, um, Adjo was preaching on, um, from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. And it was basically, can these bones live? You know, it's a story about the vision God gave Ezekiel, the prophet. And, and, and something stirred in me, you know, and, and I went back and I looked over, my, I took some notes and I went back and I, t I was looking over. And it was almost like a continuation of what I had said on Sunday. And Adja was here just for a short while on Sunday. She had to go to Hamilton with a friend of ours, you know. So, but I just felt that stirring that I needed to just preach again concerning um, turning things around with your mouth. So that's what I'm going to preach on today. And I know it's going to bless you. First of all, I'll just mention a few things that I said last week. Essentially, the fact that you're on God's mind. The Bible said he is mindful of us. That means, Ruth, that you're on God's mind. When you wake up in the morning, he's thinking about Ruth. He's thinking about Jeff. He's thinking about Natey. He's thinking about all of us. The Bible says he's mindful of us. You know what? He's even mindful of non-Christians. He's mindful about non-Christians. He just thinks, he's, he, the Bible says he's mindful of the entire earth. He's mindful of us. So we are on God's mind. But covenant people especially, he is particularly mindful of. And on his mind, he wants to bless us. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 115 that he's mindful of us. He will bless us. Talks about blessing the house of Aaron, the house of Israel. Talks about blessing those who are small and great, those who fear the Lord. So God's heart is to bless. I mentioned last week that it's the thief who comes to steal to kill and to destroy but God himself guess what Bible Jesus said I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly hallelujah last week we saw how um, many times God is waiting on us you know, we're waiting for God to turn things around, but he's waiting on us. We saw how sometimes he's, you know, we want the grace of God to be poured forth in our lives. And he's waiting for us to be humble. The Bible says, humble yourself before God and, 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 and he will lift you up. It says he gives grace to the humble. Sometimes we're looking for a financial harvest. And what God is waiting for is for us to sow some financial seed and to keep on sowing. Sometimes God is just waiting for us to say, help like Peter did when he was drowning. Remember, he says, save me, Lord. And that's all he's waiting for, for us to say, save me. Because the Bible says that if you call to the Lord in the time of trouble, he will save you. Sometimes God is waiting for us, you and I, to believe 
that what is impossible with man is possible with him. He's looking on us to believe what he says, that all things are possible to him who believes. So we saw last week how the, our mouths are like a rudder of a ship. You know, it's like a bit in the mouth of a horse. Our mouths have the power to turn our destiny around. Amen. And this week, I want to go a little further, and we're going to look at the power of our mouths in terms of speaking to things that are dying or speaking to hopeless situations or things that are actually dead. And, and God shows us powerful keys that you and I can apply to turn things around in our lives. Can I hear a good amen? So I'm going to start off by reading from the book of Ezekiel chapter 37. And I'll read it kind of fast. But um, it's powerful. And I want you to go back and read it yourself. So Ezekiel chapter 37 from verse 1. It says this. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed... They were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? God is asking Ezekiel a question. Can these bones live? So I answered, Oh Lord, you know. That's a smart answer. Very smart answer. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise. Say there was a noise. It says, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come forth. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as, I, as he commanded me, and breath came into them. And they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Now just go continue um, down there. It's not actually my notes, but I want you to just go to verse 11. It says, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we are ourselves cut off. He was speaking to the people of Israel who felt completely hopeless. They felt cut off from the covenant of God, the plan of God. They felt lost. They felt dead. And God says, therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord whom the, I have opened your graves. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your grave, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Hallelujah. 
There's some powerful things in there. And obviously God is speaking to Israel. And in fact, this particular prophecy has been fulfilled to some degree where God has gathered all the people of Israel from all across the earth. And in 1948, he got them the land back in, um, in Israel, you know, and they came back together. So a fascinating story, but it just shows the faithfulness of God because, they, you know, they were scattered all abroad because of sin. But God somehow brought them all back together. But the interesting thing here is that there's so much we can learn about resurrection. Turn to somebody and say resurrection. Hallelujah. There's something about resurrection that we want to learn here. You know, the interesting thing is this, that Ezekiel was taken up in the spirit and he was placed in the valley of dry bones. It was a distressing situation. I love to have pleasant visions or pleasant dreams. You know, how many of you would like to have a dream where there's a lush forest and, and there are fruits all over and it's all green, different shades of green, you know, or a, a dream where there's, there's, uh, there's dollars and there's gold and there's silver. You wake up, you think, that's a good thing. But imagine you have a dream or a vision, and man, you're in the middle of dry bones. Not a few, but many. And the bones are very, very dry. It's a distressing vision. It's not something you have said, woohoo, I had a vision of dry bones, and I was right in the middle of it. You know, if you go and tell a pastor that I had this dream, you know, the pastor will probably say, oh, you got to fast and pray for two weeks. It's not, a, it's not a happy vision. But God, by the Spirit, took Ezekiel and placed him inside this valley full of bones. And, and you know, it's significant because bones, the bones were sort of just exposed. It meant that some un, there were some unburied bodies in that valley. And in Israel, that was a big deal. They had to bury the dead. So the mere fact that the bones were in the open, it meant that some people had died without dignity. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it spoke a lot, you know. God showed him the valley of bones, but he also showed him this valley because he wanted to show his intention. Ah, God wanted to show his intention. So God didn't just show him a valley of dry bones and then take him back, you know. He wanted to show his intention concerning his faithfulness and concerning his awesomeness. Can I hear a good amen? So God wanted to sort of give revelation, unfold revelation of an incredible miracle. And you may be here today. Some things are dying or some things are dead. Or you may be in a place where you feel hopeless. I believe God wants you to give, give you some revelation of how a miracle can happen in your life. Where things are turned around with your mouth. Notice what it says in Ezekiel 37 too. He caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. Indeed, they were very dry. There were very many. So it was almost like a mass grave. He saw a mass grave of bones. Dry bones. The Bible says very dry bones. It's a horrible picture. But the vision painted, that God painted was one of death. Finality. It's one thing to see a valley of corpses. You know, sometimes you watch these war movies and, and some people, you know, when, you know when, especially the, in World War II, when you fire away and a whole whack of people die and some people are still alive and they want to pretend that they are dead. So go under a dead body, right? And so when the enemy comes and they're checking, you know, to see if anybody's alive, they're under a dead body. This was not a valley of corpses. That where possibly there would be somebody that's alive. That's the valley of dry bones a certain finality about it those folks were dead dead are, are you with me so a dead dead it says very many and it says that they were very dry 
Now, it's, some, I just said something on Wednesday that I thought was really good. He said Ezekiel was very clear about what he saw. He was very clear. God showed him this valley, and he was very clear. Seeing clarity in your situation is always vital. It's always important because clarity of a problem is the first step to solving the problem. If you have a problem and you don't think you have a problem, you have a problem. But if you have a problem and you identify, this is my problem, then you can get help for it. He saw this valley. He was very clear about what he saw. Then the other interesting thing is that then God asks a question. Now, the Bible says that God is omniscient. In other words, he knows all things. He knows everything. There's nothing that is upon this earth or in heaven or underneath the earth that God doesn't know. He's an omniscient God. He's the all-knowing God. So why does God ask questions? If he knows it, why is he asking the question? He asked this question to Ezekiel. Son of man, can these bones live? And when God asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know. God asks a question to help us to see truth. God asks us questions to find, help us identify what is really in our hearts. So he asks the question, son of man, can these bones live? He asks you questions as well. Remember Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And they said, oh, some say you're Elijah, some say one of the prophets. Then God, Jesus said, who do you say that I am? He now wanted a revelation. He wanted to bring out the revelation of the individual disciples, what they thought. And Peter stood up and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And what did Jesus say? Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. Amen. When God asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. He wants to find out what is in your heart. He wants to reveal to you what is in your heart. And the thing about questions is you have to be honest about the question, about the question that is being asked. Amen. Why is it important? You see, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, that's in Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That is the best determinant to find out where somebody is, whether they're in a place of faith, whether they're in a place of I'm not sure, whether they're in a place of unbelief, it's what comes out of your mouth. And that's the best determinant for you. When you hear yourself when nobody is around, when you hear yourself when you're outside of church, it shows where you really are. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is always asking questions. He asked Adam and Eve the question, where are you? He knew where they were. But he wanted to point out the fact that, you know what, we've sinned and now there's a separation. He wanted them to come to truth. God always asks questions. And he always will be asking you questions as well. You see, what we honestly say will reveal what is really in our hearts. That when he asks a question, what we honestly say will reveal what is in our hearts. If you are always talking doubt, it means there's doubt in your heart. If you're talking fear, it means there's fear in your heart. If you're talking negatively, it means there's negativity in your heart. If you're always critical, it means there's something critical about your heart. If you're always confident, it means there's something in your heart that brings forth that confidence. Amen. If you're always talking scripture, it means the scripture is in your heart. Because Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, sometimes for a moment you can come for one hour, two hours in church, and you can talk Christianese. Where you talk the right things, oh, how are things? Bless God, it's all good. But that's Monday morning when you go to work and they say, oh, how was your week? 
Oh, it was horrible. Are you hear what I'm saying? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So God gets us to see the truth in our hearts by asking us questions. God asked Ezekiel the question, and it seemed like an obvious answer. Here he is in the midst of a valley, and it's full of dead bones, dry bones. And the Bible says there are very dry bones, and there are many. He's in the midst of this valley. It's a mass grave. And God is asking the question, can these bones live? No, most of us should say, or would say, right? Duh! Of course they can't live. But Ezekiel was smart. Notice what he says. Says, son of man, this is in verse 3. Son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you know. He pointed it back to God. In other words, he says, I don't really know, but Lord, you are sovereign. You possess all power. And he says, you are omniscient. You know all things. You, God, you know. That tells us that we should never be hasty of judging situations as final. Never say it's impossible. Say, sovereign Lord, you know. Sovereign Lord, you know. We're quick to say, rule out things in our lives. And as soon as we do that, we rule out God. We limit God by the things we say, I can't do that. I can't sing in this pitch. <laughs> Glory to God. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this assignment. We are limiting it. Why not begin to change your confession to, I can, through Christ who strengthens me. That is a totally different confession. And declaration and God can work with that can I hear a good amen so he says sovereign Lord you know God has set us has set Ezekiel in this mass um, grave and God is asking him is a mass resurrection possible that is what he's asking him Ezekiel may have heard about Elijah and, and the, the miracle of the resurrection he, he had with a, with a woman, you know, uh, who fed him. And he may, the, the, the boy of the woman who, the son of the woman who fed him during the time of famine. He may have heard about Elisha and the Shunammite woman. He may have heard these stories. But these were not stories of bones. And it was not a mass grave. So he said, Lord, you know, he was smart. You know, God wants to ask you a question right now. Concerning that hopeless situation you feel that you're in. Concerning that situation that is dying. That marriage that is dying. That relationship that is almost dead. That, 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 that dream that you once had that seems to be dead. He's asking you the question. Can it live? Do you think it can be turned around? He's asking you. That incurable disease. Do you believe it can be healed? He's asking you, your financial situation, do you believe you can come into a place of abundance? He's asking you that question. And you have to be honest. Now, if your answer is no, don't go into condemnation. Go into the word. And let a word or a scripture or a promise or a covenant promise of God meditate on that. And what that will do is it will begin to build up faith inside you. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But you have to be honest. Honest. Because that will reveal what is really in your heart. You know, don't, don't think that God is mad when you say, Oh Lord, I'm in a place of unbelief. Remember when 
the man who has, whose son was had an epilepsy had that issue and he, and he, you know the disciples couldn't heal this boy and they went to Jesus and, and he asked what was up he said your disciples couldn't heal by my son and then, he, and then he says if you can and then Jesus said if I can he asked him the question and he says Lord I believe help my unbelief what happened the miracle happened the miracle happened don't be afraid to say Lord I believe help my unbelief or oh, don't be afraid to say Lord it's difficult for me right now to believe it just seems completely closed help me and he will you have to give him something to work with you have to give God something to work with so do you believe that you can get promoted despite sexism or racism or whatever it is whether you're a woman in a man's world where everything is dominated by men do you believe that God can lift you up and promote you in that environment these are the questions that God is asking us glory to God can you believe for example that although he has blessed you he is saying that it's only the beginning believe it believe it and then God, who looks at the situation and, uh, you know, uh, uh, for Ezekiel, and, and he says to him, he says this, he says, this is a solution to death and hopelessness in this particular, in particular vision. Ezekiel 37, 4, he said, this is what God said. He said to me, prophesy to these bones. Prophesy to these bones. That is Ephesians, Ezekiel 37, 4, verse 4. Prophesy to these bones prophesy to these bones speak a word of prophecy to these bones now I know we're, the, we're, we're in Guelph and Guelph has a university and university means that a lot of people are thinking they're analyzing it seems impractical it seems simplistic speak to bones that are dead but that's what's God's solution you see when somebody is sick the Bible says lay hands on the sick and they will recover folks it seems cuckoo to lay hands on somebody who has cancer and the Bible says they will recover are, are you with me or somebody who has multiple personalities the Bible says that you give us authority to cast out devils really with words but Bible says God's ways are higher than our ways he says prophesy to the dead bones speak a word of prophecy to the dead bones say something to the dead bones the Bible you know that the Bible warns about never to underestimate the power of the tongue life and death and the power of the tongue we've heard that teaching we know that teaching but folks we don't believe that teaching because many times we speak the wrong things but God says that words matter turn to somebody and say words matter especially God's Word you see, words matter, especially God's word, because God asked Ezekiel to speak the word of God to the dry bones. He's asking you today to speak the word of God to your dry situation, to your dead situation, to your dying situation, to your hopeless situation. He says, speak to it. Prophesy to that situation. And if you believe God to be God, something will happen and cause a turnaround. Can I hear a good amen? Ezekiel 37 4 it says to them oh dry bones hear the word of the Lord and others you're not going to whisper to dry bones they got to hear it I said they got to hear it hear the word of the Lord 
You see, there's something about God's word that we underestimate. God has already said that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. That's ordinary. But there's power in whatever you say. So if you say negative things, folks, there's never negative things that would happen. You know, you have the power to curse things that you don't want, like, cur- uh, like cancer, like debt, blah, 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 blah. You know, but there's power. But God's word is in a class of its own. God's word is powerful. Can you say powerful? God's word is eternal. Can you say eternal? God's word is creative. God's word gives life. Ah, if you need some resurrection in your life, you want God's word. Because his word gives life. God's word gives life. I said God's word gives life. John 6 verse 63 says this. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Oh church, the words of Jesus, the words of God, they are powerful. They are effective. They are creative. Look, those words are so powerful. You see, God says, speak to the, to the dry bones. He said, he commanded Ezekiel to declare his word to the dry bones. He asked the dry bones to hear the word of the Lord. Don't whisper to it the things that are dead in your situation. Don't compliment it. Don't say, oh no, I'm broke. I'm broke. You compliment the fact that you're broke. Don't say, I'm weak. I'm feeling weak. You're complimenting the fact of weakness. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. That's what the Bible says. Let the weak say, I am strong. So don't say, I'm weak. I can't do anything. I am feeble. Oh no, poor me. Don't say, poor me. The Bible says, you're blessed. I said, the Bible says, you're blessed. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So don't say, poor me. If somebody says, oh, poor you, say, no, bless me. Because it's the word of God. I said, it's the word of God. Hallelujah. So we have to speak with authority. You know, when Jesus was calling Lazarus from the, from the grave and, and they moved the stone, he didn't say, Lazarus, come forth. The Bible said he said with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. I'm sure it was a nice baritone, you know, and it pierced through that cold tomb and the spirit of Lazarus had to enter into that body. We got to speak with confidence. The things that are dying, the things that are dead, speak with confidence. Tell them to rise up. Tell them to get up. Tell them to be resurrected in the name of Jesus.